Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DeFi Mafia podcast. Today, I am here with the team from Lobus. I have Plutus and Mr. E here, and we're going to discuss what Lobus is. It is one of the uh, Olympus DAO kind of adjacent projects. We had the Redacted founders on previously, and now we're going to have the Plutus guys on. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, thanks. Fantastic. Happy to be here. So we'll start off just obviously background for everybody listening. What is Lobus and what are you guys trying to accomplish? Um, well, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, well, first of all, we're, we're in authorized um, fork of Ohm, not you know just a, an authorized or an unauthorized renegade. Um, yeah, yeah, I should, I should clarify that, yeah. Yeah, designated uh, governance arm. And, um, you know, I guess we like to say we're a meta governance token, but people's eyes just kind of roll back in their head when they hear that um, a black hole for governance tokens. But um, really, the reason for Labus is to um, to keep the little guy in DeFi from getting steamrolled by the the, the mega cap players. Uh, I mean, that's that's the fifty thousand foot view of what we're we're here to do. We're here to fight the trend towards or towards centralization. And when you say that you're trying to help the little guys, so you, you, what you guys basically do is uh, similar to how like Redacted was accumulating lots of curve and convex for the curve wars, you guys are accumulating lots of governance tokens, right? So people can pool together governance tokens and have more influence than they would individually. Is that a good explanation? Exactly. Yep. What, um, what governance tokens are you guys focused on so, right now? Um. Well, you know, our, our focus has has shifted. The, uh, the 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 landscape changes so rapidly. Mm -hmm. When you know we, um, the, the founders were were mapping things out pre-launch and immediately post-launch, we were focused on on uh, Curve and um, Frax, and we've since pivoted a little bit, and um, we're now we're trying to stay ahead. Of, uh, a step ahead of the uh, the liquidity wars, I guess we won't call them the curve wars anymore. We'll call them the liquidity wars, mm -hmm. and um, and and trying to you know survey the landscape and see what direction they're going and stay a, a step ahead. So um, we're 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 moving into um, opportunities that we see in that regard. Okay. Any specifics you're able to say right now? Um, well, yeah, Mister Mister E is our our tokamak uh, ambassador. Oh, okay. Labus We're going to have uh, the Tokamak guys on soon. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously a key strategic asset for us. Mr. E, you want to you wanna elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and sorry, my internet's coming in and out. So if I, if I miss something or an introduction, just uh, reintroduce the question. But um, yeah, so to Tokamak, I'm the Tokamak ambassador. I've been involved in the Tokamak community since around the middle of August um, and really have, I guess, cut my teeth on what it, what liquidity is, um, what Tokamak is trying to do is, is be a decentralized market maker and kind of plug into the curve wars at a different angle. I would say underneath the stack as an, you know, from an architecture layer um, and kind of be a market maker that's agnostic to the, the venue where liquidity is, but attract um, a lot of assets and be able to funnel those assets where the liquidity directors want want to take it. Um, so obviously it's super early um, in, in the days of, of a decentralized market maker. Um, TradFi has super deep liquidity. 
DeFi has super thin liquidity. And so I think there's a lot of novel solutions that are coming on market um, to kind of fix that. Um, Curve is one version of, and the Curve Wars convex kind of plugging in and leveraging kind of governance there to attract profit maximization. And Tokamak will, will, will further plug into that and uh, you know attract single-sided LP assets and then liquidity directors and people who really want to dig in and find the great venue that they can send that liquidity, they will send those assets where, where they want to go. Um, where Lobus kind of checks in, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of soon to be cases of builders, creators. They need liquidity, um, and li liquidity is expensive, as we kind of saw with Pool Two Dynamics and kind of DeFi summer of 2020. It was like li liquidity mining incentives. It was it was a great way to do it, but at the end of the day, you have single independent actors who are kind of being vampires on the system you have to bootstrap with incentives you have to bootstrap to attract capital but over time it's just not sustainable and so tokamak tries to solve for that lobus further is going to assist with that in the fact that we use olympus bonding mechanics to pretty much be a black hole of, of toka which is the native asset for tokamak um we have about three million you know that ebbs and flows as as it's a volatile asset we have like three million and where, wherever tokamak goes we're gonna go and the fact that if it's transitioning to a dao and it needs assistance we can help it and then also on top of that it's like if they start an incubator program we can assist projects kind of go and get a reactor and at the end of the day i think our goal is to to attempt to get a reactor and have deep liquidity for our own token and so it's just a, a partnership and kind of a relationship that we've been really focused on early. Um, we're the number three DAO holding the amount of TOCA. And I think a lot of other DAOs are starting to get it, um, whether it be Olympus, Alchemix, Redacted. We're all kind of circling around Tokamak is the next go-to asset where it's going to be really tight um, and really high competition to kind of take control of that asset um, going forward. So it's, it's a super interesting kind of in-depth topic you could talk about for days. And um, it's been it's been fun learning both ecosystems, whether from liquidity or whether from meta governance and kind of how, how can they plug in with one another. So on the, like, how does the dynamic work between you and Olympus and say like Redacted, which is also a, you know, authorized fork, you should, you could call it, right? And like between all these different, um, you know, DAOs or, or or projects that are working under this Olympus umbrella, how does the dynamic work there? Because obviously there is like with Toka, for example, right? Like Redacted is also getting some Toka. Uh, Olympus is. Are you guys like? How do you balance the, I guess, competitiveness with working together? I yeah, I don't I think mean, it's I, really a, a competition at all. Um, mm -hmm. We're we're working. Um, not together in the sense of a, of a cartel, <laughs> to borrow a redacted well, term. That's what they call but, themselves. <laughs> yeah, they, but, but they call themselves that. And, right, and right. so they're, they're an internal cartel. Um, we all are working towards a common goal, I think, is, is the way that that comes out. Um, independently, we're, we're charting um, a similar path. But it's, it's not a competition. So if, say... Um like you guys combined have a certain amount of token, 
Um, are you guys going to use your Toke together to vote on creating a certain reactor or something like that? We can. That's, yeah, I mean, I yeah, think there's a lot of there's a lot of flexibility where what what we can do um, with meta governance. I think it's any one um, of the next phase of, of of governance, really, whether it's helping projects resist governance attacks, um, giving tooling for retail to participate um, in governance, whether it's through a voting booth and kind of centralizing on our platform um, through our token. Um, lobby of pretty much saying by lobby you get x amount of voting power um, centralizing the fact that you're just aggregating on one platform and not having 10 sites to go to and kind of leveraging a multiple on on one on one token to get x amount of, of voting power per 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 platform and so I, I think it's it's super early and and what I like about lobus in general it's just it's has definitely more of a grassroots feel versus a profit maximization feel. Um, I think DeFi in general, of course, you know, it's it's attracting capital. And so there's a competition to attract that capital. And I think, you know, Lobus struggles with it, Redacted struggles with it. It's like you always have to provide the right incentives to pull that capital in and to bootstrap. And then it kind of gets interesting after the bootstrapping phase to be like, well, now what we're going to, what are we going to do with it? And so, I think it's still anyone what we're going to do with it, but I think we are a super open platform that people can come in. It's a DAO. You can participate. You can use our forum to kind of promote and kind of leverage our balance sheet. And we're, we're super open to contributors and people coming in and saying, hey, you have X amount of Y asset. What are you going to do with it? And say, suggest something. And then let's move forward to that. How many people are like directly involved with the DAO on a day-to-day -day basis right now? We've got um, twenty core team members, mm -hmm. and um, if you if you you know think about people that are actually active in the Discord and um, contributing ideas uh, on a daily basis, it's probably you know up near a hundred, um, which is they're really small numbers. Um, but yeah, um, but you guys are you, you guys launched pretty recently, so hundred people is. A lot for you know only being what a few months old, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we actively encourage people, and that's just Mr. E just said. It's uh, uh, that's a really cool thing about it. It's uh, it's a, it's a true meritocracy, um, and so you know we see a lot of people come in, and it's like oh they're brand new, and the next thing you know two weeks later they're uh, you know a senior contributor uh, because their ideas have had such merit and their voice has been so powerful that um, you know they've naturally become leaders. When you guys are deciding, and obviously I know this is more like a DAO decision, but what are the kinds of conversations you guys have when you're deciding between like going after Toke or Frax or, you know, whatever other type of, uh, you know, governance token that you might go after? Like, what are the discussions that you guys have and how do you decide where you want to point your focus? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, we talk a lot. <laughs> we talk every day. Um, and um, we talk in, in DMs, we talk in, uh, in, in sub-DAO team meetings. Um, we talk a lot in the Discord. Um, so I guess we haven't really formalized the process yet to where we have a, you know, a treasury management meeting saying, okay, what is our next strategic asset gonna be? Mm -hmm. It just sort of um, surfaces organically is, is my sense. I don't, do you have a different take on that, Mr. E? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, since we started with Olympus, there's, I mean, the moniker DeFi 2.0. Um, so we we align well with 
Olympus's interests um, somewhat. And so, you know, deep liquidity is one of their goals, being a reserve currency. Um, plugging into the curve wars was a start. Um, an extension of that was then, okay, what's what's the next kind of phase? And that was Tokamak. Um, and we do have, you know, developed DAO to DAO relationships with anyone that kind of is interested in meta governance. And so state DAO or angle, um, you know, size kind of size kind of matters in this situation because we're a super small cap um, token right now. And so we want to be a value add to a DAO. And so I think the asset specifically, um, you know, we need to be able to bond it, um, accrue governance power relatively easy and not saying that we won't approach major caps and, you know, try to try to push for that. But in this early stage, you know, size of, of project and how we can influence it is something that we take into account. I think because we are still bootstrapping our treasury, how we can earn yield off of that asset is, is important. Um, an example, I think we were kind of approaching, in, you know, index, which has a, a large governance. And I would say like the, the maker and the Ave kind of world, but you can't really earn anything off, off of that asset. And right now, you know, to stay solvent and not be a going concern, we want to be attractive, not only for our governance power, but also the fact that we're earning, you know, X amount per year. And no matter what, you know, the value of, of one Loby is going to grow just off of yield, yield alone. So I think it really comes into what kind of relationship are people willing to have a conversation at the Dow? Is it a Dow? Um, and really, you know, how established it is um, in the kind of meta DeFi space. And then secondary is kind of treasury and yield and kind of what's the long-term play and can we grow with it um, using different tools? And so I think two-pronged two attack really. Yeah, that was kind of my next question of how much you focus on the governance side of the tokens versus the yield uh, revenue generating size of the tokens. So you prefer the governance is number one, but you also want to make money, I guess is the answer, right? Like, like it's, you, you yeah, kind of got to. it. We got it because otherwise people aren't interested in, in it. Right. And so I think um, if we aren't, you know, churning out profit, it's, it's DeFi. So, you know, meta governance is pretty abstract for people. And there's an education component that we will continue to have to battle with and, you know, provide a lot of cool resources and tools to continue to build out that narrative. Um, and profit is simple. It's just today you're, you're worth X tomorrow. You're going to be worth X plus, plus a percentage. Why is that? And so there's a bit of strategic, you know, understanding that we still need to attract the DGEN but we also want to attract DAOs because we truly believe it's a you know DAO first world going forward, and that DAOs as a structure is only going to grow, and and that with with power comes responsibility, and you need a very neutral kind of player. But again, long term goals because meta governance is too abstract for the DGen right now. Right. So like, okay, my counter to the you're for the small guy would be what's stopping if you guys do become more influential uh, with your governance tokens? Like what's stopping a whale from coming in and just scooping up a ton of Lobus or another protocol even using their treasury to scoop up a ton of Lobus? Well, they, they, they can and do. Um, it's, um, you know, an open market. Um, our liquidity to capitalization ratio is such now that 
um, anyone you know attempting to come in and do that is going to to spike the price pretty considerably, and um, you know it might not it might not succeed on that basis alone. Um, yeah, just to you know to follow up on what you were asking, second, it was, it's actually very timely. Uh, that was a, a we we just had our weekly um, um, community meeting of of envoys. Uh, those are people who've been in the in the uh, in the Discord for a little while, and um, the topic of you know return on investment uh, was was <laughs> pretty heavily debated during that call. And um, and you're right. First and foremost, it is governance. Uh, that's that's what we're focused on. Um, and yield, I think from an ethos standpoint, yield is ideally just another method to further grow that governance, right? We're, we're compounding the return on the tokens, um, but you know, investors also want an economic return on that. And so that's a, it's a difficult balance to maintain. Uh, you know, early, when, when we, we launched right at the peak of the market back in November. Yeah, yeah and, I, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And you know it's really easy um, when you're in those kind of macro conditions to say, oh yeah, this is our long-term vision, and we're going to build this thing out slowly. And everybody's sitting there listening, and they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see that based on what I saw the last three days, I'm going to be, you know, a mega gazillionaire by then, and <laughs> that's all good. But when prices move the other direction, all of a sudden, you know, people take, um, you know, a much uh, closer look at that day-to-day -day return and um, it's 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 hard to 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 manage that conversation. You guys mentioned earlier the uh, the incubator side. I think that's really interesting as far as attracting like smaller projects that you could offer them by partnering, like potentially getting them a toke reactor or other like type of uh, access to liquidity. Is that something you're focusing on right now? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, first kind of answer the, the, the governance um, attack on our own shores. I would say, again, we're still working through that um, and it's still possible. Um, in general, we're not, um, we're DAO, but not a full DAO, the fact that we're governance on chain. And so we still have time to build the internal processes to make sure to kind of resist that, that whale perspective. Um, we do use snapshot for for governance and um, so quadratic voting does square root all voting power. And so that's good, a good way to kind of introduce some resistance to whale domination. Um, on top of that, we are, you know, in the first innings of exploring kind of cyber resistance and getting on-chain identities. So you can't have multiple wallets and, you know, other governance programs like either through delegation or having, you know, subcommittees, but essentially you're aggregating voting power to specific individuals. And then they probably will have an ability to trump, you know, say three to five, you know, independent whales. And so, yeah, it's something that we are continuing to explore. And kind of like you mentioned, we're two months into this. So I think when you have a governance focus, you first got to make sure you get a balance sheet so you can, uh, survive, and then the, ne the next thing is we got to get the internal processes um, in place to resist that because we do have a, a very attractive balance sheet. And then, kind of the third is build out the governance tools for external partners to, you know, leverage our balance sheet in appropriate ways. And so, hopefully, that gives you some context on on, on what we're thinking about um, there.
Yeah, I mean, whales aren't all bad, obviously. Like, there's plenty of yeah. benevolent whales. I mean, a whale is ultimately just someone who's just playing with a bigger stack than the average person, right? And so, yeah. uh, hey, if they want to come in and inject a bunch of liquidity, I'm sure you guys would uh, not complain too much about that. Um, but yeah, it would be more like you said, like on the voting attacks, where it would be potentially dangerous if they had ulterior motives. Um, but yeah, on the incubator part, that that sounds really interesting yeah. to me. You guys go into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's still still really early stage. And so really, I think, you know, the Tokamak founder, Carson, it's something that he's thinking about that if, you know, Toka gets too expensive and you're supposed to have uh, a democratic kind of liquidity access and now you have would-be builders, creators with these great ideas, they can't get access to basic liquidity. Well, now we've just returned to kind of a TradFi-like environment. And so he kind of introduced the idea on a, on a core podcast and um, I kind of grabbed and some of the community grabs that it's still the early innings. Um, eventually Tokamak is transitioning to uh, permissionless reactors. And so what you would do there is you would, as a, you know, project ABC trying to get a, a Tokamak reactor would give 3 million of your reserve um, and you would get 3 million of, of Toka back to kind of place into the reactor, and then you would have some multiple on that reserve of liquidity, you know, to whatever venue you want to take it. And so we would, in that instance, you know, say, yep, that's totally fine. Come through our forum and, you know, convince the community that this is a good idea. Um, but again, early, early stages and more important for us just to get to make sure that we have like X amount of Toka before it gets too expensive. Um, and I, we think it's going to get expensive. And no matter what you do, we, we do want to support the, the will be builders in this space because the, met, the metaverse is just so early. Yeah, I know that people say, hey, we're early, you know, maybe not. And then it's psych, you know, kind of psych ops, whether it is or not. But I truly think we're still early and a lot of talent is yet to come to DeFi and, and the metaverse. And we just want to make sure that it is accessible when people want it. Um, and so it's just something we're really playing with. Yeah, I think we're so early on DeFi. I mean, DeFi is only like two years old now, right? I mean, Uniswap started, when did Uniswap start? It was like kind of early 2020 uh, when they really launched. <clears throat> like I know they were working on it before that. And then obviously you had DeFi summer 2020, which was probably yeah. like the real kickoff. So it's like, you know, we're like a year and a half, maybe two years old at this point. So yeah, I think DeFi is super, super early. I think people are way too down on DeFi. I don't know about you guys, like, especially these days. I think, I don't know. I mean, you know, tokens go down in price, so yeah. know, people get upset. Yeah. But, like, I think that's really short-sighted. I think we're, we're, we're at, like, you know, not even mile one of the marathon complete so far with DeFi. Uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I think people are way too short-sighted right now. <clears throat> and, yeah, and I, I think... I, I think that the, the part of the challenge there, too, is that it's it's been you know, brought into the public consciousness as a cryptocurrency, right? That's what everybody, the, the yeah. masses think of. And, um, you know, it's true. There is that that uh, that economic value. But um, I, at the big picture, I think that people are missing, you know, when they say we're really early, we're so early, it's just, it's it's mind boggling. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going out on a limb here. I, I can I can almost feel Mr. E's side eyes <laughs> looking at me. But I, I honestly believe that, uh, you know, Decades hence, uh, DeFi is we're sowing the seeds now of a fundamental shift in in the definition of the modern nation state. I mean, it's it's really that fundamental. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to bring 
sovereign power much closer to where it really resides to the people. Um, you know, if you think about if you think about what the pillars are of the modern nation state, right? They've got uh, commonality of language, commonality of currency, and and military based on that currency and language. And um, I I interact on a daily basis, as I'm sure you know you, you do as well, from people around the world. We're always you know English has become the de facto language of um, you know DeFi and social media and internet in general. Um, we can transfer value. We can we can create and store and transfer value worldwide, you know, in seconds. Um, so that that national currency, the ability to you know control people's store value and earning value, that's disappearing. Um, it, it, it's really ultimately going to call into into question, you know, what it means to be a nation state. Uh, so that's how, in my view, that's how early we are. That's yeah. that's potentially where this is all going. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, I think DeFi is like the needed uh, evolution of cryptocurrency, right? In the same way that like, you know, you have a currency, but a currency by itself, the dollar by itself is useful, but then you have all this financial infrastructure built on top of it. And in crypto, you know, we have the base currencies, whether whatever camp you're in, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, but you need all this infrastructure built on top of it. And we have basically none of it. I mean, we don't even have like basic things like under collateralized lending, things like that, that are crucially important. And uh, so I think people are very much underestimating and it's fine. I mean, it's normal. Like I'm, sh I'm sure I wasn't around, you know, in crypto in 2012, but I'm sure people were very similar uh, yeah. when they're talking about Bitcoin, you know, so I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, like, uh, on your point of like, it's funny, you maybe think I was like, oh, military, like, oh, what about DMI, decentralized military? That probably is not a good idea. <laughs> anyways, um, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly where we were, but on the um, earliness of DeFi, like, okay, let me ask that. W what is like certain things you think that haven't been built yet that will be a big deal in, in DeFi, say in the next probably two years? You know, I, I really think it's it's onboarding people and onboarding them in a seamless way that they don't realize that they're interacting with DeFi um, or blockchain um, distributed ledger technology in general. Um, I, I, I think there is going to be and I don't know exactly what the platform is going to be. And we we say, you know, it's it's a wallet and improving wallet infrastructure, but there's going to be some way that someone figures out how really to tap mobile um, and kind of pull out of the PC centric kind of infrastructure that we have currently. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but if when someone figures it out, it's going to be huge. Yeah. You know, one that I actually liked, I don't know if you guys know, uh, do you know Dharma, uh, that wallet? They actually yeah. just got acquired by OpenSea. I was kind of bummed because I was like, they shut down the app. Hopefully they build something better. Uh, with the OpenSea's resources. But that was one of the first ones that I saw that I really liked because they just did a lot of the stuff for you, right? Like they just, you click a button and you're in an LP. Like you don't have to go through all the steps manually. And I think things like that is what I totally agree uh, is, is what it's going to take to to yeah. push DeFi forward. Yeah, I just, I think at the end of the day right now, it's just too early. You know, when you have um, L1, like Ethereum, you know, transi transitioning and a fundamental technology to, to proof of stake, and then you have, you know, roll-ups underneath it still kind of battling and, and figuring out its own technology stack. And then every other L1 is still, you know, not completed. It's just like, 
the, if the base technology isn't done, it's like the, the moving of the, of the funnel to where everything else can be kind of developed and set is just not going to be there for a long, long time. And so for me, it's just like stay active because there's going to be so much cool stuff coming down the pipeline that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty much DeFi native at this point. So I'm just going to plug in. Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, part of the reason why Lobus is is doing what, what it is in terms of meta governance is is that education component. And that's it's going to be huge going forward, educating people, onboarding people, making it a seamless kind of access point. I just think it's super early in, in that regards and it needs a lot of work, but I'm kind of excited to see a lot of educators and builders and creatives get together and be like, okay, we got to work on UX. We got to work on UI. We got to work on the fact that someone, someone wants to get access to this technology. We, we have to make it accessible. How do we do it? Um, and that's, and that, that, that's super exciting to me. On the L1, L2 talk, are you guys ex planning on expanding to L2 at any time soon? Not anytime soon. Uh, you know, we certainly have have talked about it and looked at it, um, but uh, I think you know right now we're we're focused on, on building on what we have and, and growing the treasury and accumulating more governance power. Um, probably, uh, you know, we're we're focusing first and foremost on executing what we call our voting booth, which is going to allow people to to vote. Um, you know, in in the meta governance sphere with their lobby tokens locally. Um, after that, maybe cross chain. Got you. Got you. Voting booth. I like the name of that. That's kind of, is that similar to like Votamac that, uh, redacted acquired same idea? We're, we're going to um, copyright the term. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like the, the, the Votamac is still third party and, and going towards a bribe, like, and you know, on the, on the theme of the cartel, uh, mm -hmm. very bribe oriented. Our voting booth really is just going to be aggregating a bunch of, you know, partners, governance proposals in one place, and then you being able to, you know, plug and play into that um, very seamlessly. On bribes, that was another question I had. So, like, obviously, one of the big attractions of Convex and Redacted and all these is that people can bribe and, and holders can make money from bribes. Are you guys going to do any type of bribing mechanism or are you not going to go that route? At this point, I don't think so. Um, I think the bribing in itself it is a useful, useful tool, and it does attract um, retail and capital. And, and DAOs are starting to even more participate with, with with force. I don't think that's going to be the value prop of of Lobus ultimately. Um, in, in my opinion, I think just people will do it better. <laughs> and so I, I just don't think we will participate. I know in, in the Tokamak community, we talk about often whether it's a good thing or bad thing um, in terms of centralization and, um, and, and, and the rest. And it's not great if you're focusing on the fact that you want access. And so um, there's a, we have a little internal, I mean, at least my opinion, right? So not founding core team, there's some resistance to kind of lever leveraging bribes, but we will participate in bribes, but maybe not necessarily be a hub for, for that kind of approach. Sure. And of course, the bribe could ultimately just be by, you know, lobby. And uh, that, that that could be the bribe. Um, on, I was looking through your docs. And uh, one thing that it mentioned is that you guys at some point, I'm not sure if you're already doing this, will enable a curve style locking mechanism. Um, are you guys doing that yet for 
it, it, and would that be for Lobby or would that be for something else? Um, we're, we're not doing it yet. Um, it's something that we have, uh, it's gone through cycles. We've talked about it at a couple different, uh, at different points in our, since our launch. Um, you know, right now, I think we're just, uh, we're, we're kind of hunkered down, um, executing on, on the plans that we have laid out right now that are, pro that are in progress and, um, and just trying to, um, you know, continue to accrue value. Um, and, and wait out this this particular phase of the market cycle. Um, yeah, a VE um, a VE lobby. Um, that that's that's a ways down the road. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what you guys are doing is really like necessary, and and um, I, I'm very interested because I think one of the problems with governance tokens early on was just that you know people were like, w w what do I need this for? You know, especially like we said, like if you're a smaller investor, it's like you're not going to have any influence, and they don't bring you revenue a lot of times. So what's the point of owning a governance token like Uni or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think. It's it's I love the game theory behind it of of that like okay we can pool resources together and influence these votes um, I don't know I mean did you guys have anything else that I didn't ask that you wanted to like elaborate and discuss a little more You know I not on the top of mind I mean ultimately um, it's early um, so come in our Discord participate um, contribute as needed. Uh, it's, it's, we are in itself trying to define meta governance and, and, and its role and, and build a tooling set, or at least, you know, an access to a platform where you can interact with DAOs in, in a different capacity through, through a DAO. So DAO to DAO. And, and we, we, think that for retail, um, of course, Lobby is a, is a retail product and it started out as such, but going forward, you know, it's going, it's going to further kind of be a DAO product um, and DAO protection going forward is, is going to be something that I don't think people have really thought about. You have and are holding an underlying token that can um, influence DAO and DAO behavior. It will be used both positively and, and in a negative way. And so whether it's, you know, through activism, uh, you know, it's a classic, you know, hedge fund play um in, in the in the public markets is to really take control of voting power and change the direction of where management is taking it we do think that that's not that far away <laughs> and so we're, we're just kind of the early movers on it and so it's just getting a collective group of people that can kind of see that okay so the future is this how do we get there and, and whether we're tweaking our tokenomics or focusing just on governance or focusing on, on profit. It's like, we want to be a hub where people can be comfortable to be like, we got to do something about this. Can, can we do it through X, Y, and Z um, mechanism? And it's, it's going to be governance focused. And so we're, we're super excited just to be talking about governance, whether it's internally or externally. And I think it's, it's a needed outlet um, in DeFi right now. That's a little different. It's a little abstract. It's a little weird, but that's okay. I mean, in, in the world of, of DAOs, which is already a new kind of evolution of how to work. It's okay to be misunderstood for a while, but we'll, we'll come and be stronger from this um, kind of downturn in the market and really excited to continue to onboard people and, and talk governance. You're almost like activist investor as a DAO uh, in yep. a sense, like on your head. That's, well, that's well said. Yeah. Yep. Um, for sure. 
and and, and a value investment too, because um, you know there's the meta governance piece, and that is that is our ethos, and that's that's the real purpose for our existence. But um, as we've said, you know, several times throughout this chat, uh, it's a difficult concept to get across. So um, so come for the value, you know, uh, join because we are at sale fifty percent off right now, and uh, you know with tradfi tradfi metrics we're selling at you know three times forward earnings. So there's tremendous value there. Buy for that and come and participate. And in the process of, of extracting that value or, or, or uh, seizing that value, maybe would be a better word, um, you know, learn what it is that we're doing and help us grow. When you talk about uh, DAO protection, like uh, one thing that a lot of these DAOs have said is that we'll just buy, like if they're pitching to another DAO, we'll just buy your token and we're never going to sell it. Is that something that you guys would do? Or would you say, well, at some point we may sell it, but we won't sell it for a long time? I don't I think, think that we have yeah. any plans to sell anything. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think we're on the, the Olympus black hole, of, the, the black hole of value and um, going to hold on to it. You know, I think unless there was something, you know, truly... Um, earth shattering where we needed to survive and thrive and kind of operate um, and needed to dump for whatever reason, or, you know, strategically we need to shift away from a specific narrative. Sure. But I think we have been pretty focused on accruing um, and growing a relationship with specific DAOs. So it'd be, it would be a, a net, um, negative if we just yeah don't. yeah <laughs> yeah makes sense yeah you said you've read our def our, our documents I mean we even refer to it in there as a black hole of governance tokens yeah and uh, and the ones that we're accumulating are all you know AAA grade tokens so it would require something you know some kind of pretty dramatic shift in the landscape for us to part with any of those a uh, couple final questions before I let you guys go. You guys are focused on DeFi 2.0. Any DeFi 1.0, because, I mean, it's been through the ringer. A lot of those projects are down really bad, but I think some of them still have tons of merit to them. Any projects that you like in DeFi 1.0? You know, I think, I mean, I'm always a fan of MakerDAO. I think they're the first mm -hmm. kind of story with, with DAI and um, stablecoins, and, you know, they have a very elaborate governance system that um, we can learn from one, but two, we can participate in. Um, so that would be kind of interesting to approach, whether that's through um, Index Coop, though, because they have a ton of voting power and we go go that route and kind of leverage um, their balance sheet to do it. Um, there's a couple ways to think about it. I don't necessarily, How I guess, who who else would you define as, you know, D, uh, DeFi 1.0 that... Um... Probably like I don't know, like Yearn, I guess synthetics. A lot of like, I guess yeah. probably Uni, Sushi, those guys. Like from DeFi summer, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, they're already so centralized that it would, and we're such a you know microcap that we really have to to grow. But you know, maybe it's a conversation we have at a hundred million. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, any projects besides the one we mentioned? Not as far as like any involvement with Lobus, just that you guys admire that you think are doing a great job or like. You, you think are just killing it well in some ways i know it's it's not competition but you know the because we launched so close to them redacted has an interesting approach and we were always compared to them so it mm -hmm. is it is good to see what, what they're doing in their approach and um as it's 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 healthy to 
to have competition in that way. But um, as always, it's it's cool to see how quick quick to market they are um, in that way. Um, but other than that, I think it's Palladian. Um, they're kind of also focusing on aggregating retail governance power and um, keeping liquidity staked out. Who's, we have a relationship. They're also doing different lockers that is a different approach to convex locking um, and keeping liquidity of the underlying token. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of other meta governance is kind of yet to develop, but um, we, we have a keen eye for it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Uh, any other final words you want to say, or do you want to just wrap it up? I'm good. Thank you for having us. All right. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, yeah appreciate thanks so it for uh, taking the time. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, you can also listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, as always, uh, you know we'll have more episodes next week. We've talked a lot about Tokamak. Hopefully, we're going to have Carson on possibly next week, if not the week after. So that'll be exciting. People can learn more about that. And uh, yeah, check out Lobus. I think what they're doing is really cool. I think uh, people are really underestimating um, a lot of these DeFi projects that are just, you know, prices down, but long-term they're going to have a lot of value. Like, like Pluto said, you know, if you're looking for something to buy, not financial advice, but you know, uh, these things are pretty undervalued right now across the board. So anyways, thanks so much for listening. And uh, thanks guys for coming on.